Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Happy November 1st, and on the first day of each month, we review the book of the month. But first, thank you to all the loyal listeners. Earlier in the month of October, the Real Estate Espresso Podcast broke through 1 million downloads. That's a huge milestone. Thank you for being such a loyal listener for however long you've been listening. In order to celebrate, we're having a giveaway of some great prizes. Congratulations to our winners. On today's show, I'm pleased to announce our lucky winners. We have number one, Alan Chapman, David Carson, Brian Andrews, Kellen Taylor, Aaron Rosenberger, and Marilyn Rischelhoff. Congratulations to all the winners. I'll be in touch with you over the next couple of days to get your details so we can get the prizes out to you. On today's show, we're reviewing the book of the month. In order to be considered for book of the month, a book has to meet a very simple criteria. It's got to be impactful enough that it will either change your life or your perspective on the world. Of course, whether it does or not is entirely up to you. If you simply consume the book as a piece of entertainment, well, you're missing the point. You got to internalize it, make it part of you. And our book this month is called Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. This is the second book we've reviewed by Simon Sinek. He shot to fame in the wake of his first TED Talk in 2010 entitled How Great Leaders Inspire Action. His second TED Talk in 2014 was called Why Good Leaders Make You Feel Safe. And it's no surprise that our book this month is also on leadership. The foreword was written by Lieutenant General George Flynn of the U.S. Marine Corps. The opening paragraph of the foreword says, I know of no case study in history that describes an organization that has been managed out of a crisis. Every single one was led. Yet a good number of our educational institutions and training programs today are focused not on developing great leaders, but on training effective managers. This one opening paragraph sums up the essence of the book. In the book, Simon emphasizes the humanity of relations as being essential to leadership. Every single employee is someone's son or someone's daughter. Parents work to offer their children a good life and a good education and teach them the lessons that will help them grow up to be happy, confident, and able to use all the talents they're blessed with. Those parents then walk their child down the aisle on their wedding day and hand their son or daughter over to somebody else to care for them. And it's the we as companies who are now responsible for those precious lives, the same as a spouse might be. When those companies see money as subordinate to people and not the other way around, it's fundamental to creating a culture in which the people naturally pull together to advance the business. We've all seen those cases where companies put money ahead of people. You can feel it, and it doesn't work. By creating a circle of safety around the people in the organization, leadership reduces the threats that people feel inside the group, which frees them up to focus more time and energy to protect the organization from the constant dangers outside and seize the big opportunities. Without that circle of safety, people are forced to spend too much time and energy protecting themselves from each other. Stress and anxiety at work have less to do with the work we do at work and more to do with weak management and leadership. There were a group of studies called the Whitehall Studies in the UK that had some profound findings. Researchers found that workers' stress was not caused by a higher degree of responsibility and pressure, usually associated with rank. It's not the demands of the job that cause the most stress, but the degree of control workers feel they have throughout their day. The studies also found that the effort required by a job is not in and of itself stressful, but rather the imbalance between the effort and the reward that we feel. 
Simply put, less control means more stress. The second problem comes from scaling the organization. Anytime you scale, there's an opportunity to abstract. When we no longer see each other as people, we're now customers, shareholders, employees, avatars, online profiles, screen names, email addresses, and expenses to be tracked. The human being really has gone virtual. Now more than ever, we're trying to work and live, be productive and happy in a world which we're strangers to those around us. The problem is abstraction can be more than just bad for our economy, can in fact be deadly. The more abstract people become, the more capable we are of doing them harm. Leaders do the right things independent of the rules. Managers typically just follow the rules. The Titanic carried as many lifeboats as was required by maritime law at the time, which was 16. The problem was the Titanic was four times larger than the largest legal classification of ships of the day. The Oceanic Steam Navigation Company, the Titanic's owner, adhered to the outdated regulation. In fact, they added some more inflatable rafts. And unfortunately, as we all know, on April 14, 1912, just four days after leaving port on its maiden voyage, the Titanic struck an iceberg far from the coast of Newfoundland. There were not enough light boats for everyone, and more than 1,500 of the 2,200 passengers and crew on board died as a result. A ship four times bigger than the largest classification only carried a quarter of the lifeboats they actually needed. In fact, additional space had been added aboard the deck of the Titanic in expectation of a lifeboats for all requirement. But of course, lifeboats were expensive. They required maintenance. They would add weight to the top of the ship, which might affect its stability. So the executives of the company decided not to add the lifeboats until the regulation said they had to. Even though they were aware there were not enough lifeboats for all the passengers on board, the company was still in full compliance with the applicable rules. In this book, Simon Sinek does an amazing job of dissecting the difference between leadership and management, and through storytelling, illustrates the characteristics that make great leaders. And it's leadership that determines the culture of the organization. If you're looking for a book that will profoundly reinforce your values as a leader, this book, Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek, is definitely a great book to read. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.